It's the Breaking Atoms podcast. We break things down to the very last compound. My name is Summit, a.k.a. the failed homo sapien. And my name is Chris Mitchell, a.k.a. the actual factual. What I do, what I'm, it I'm do. I'm good, man. I apologize for my, my tardiness and that. Your, tar- your tardiness and yeah, that. Man, so, was, man um, was tardy, innit? At the beginning of the interview, I say Chris is not with us um, in the metaphorical sense because he then joined later. Um, so ignore that. Um, right, so just it, leaves, I just allows that, me. Though. It just allows me to not, you know, have to go and edit and take this and I can't be asked. Let's just do it. Yeah, keep man. it raw. Keep it raw and uncut. Yeah, man. Um, everything remains raw, innit? Bust around. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have Kathy Dirty on the podcast this week. Um, she is incredible. Um, we get into a few things. Um, one, just the music industry in general. Her love for Halsey. Um, her being a professor at NYU. Um and uh, career plans, you know, backup plans and, and just how she navigated through all these different careers to work in music, uh, working street team for The Roots. Um, and if Kathy had an album <laughs> as a solo artist. The Kathy Iandoli LP? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? Yeah, that would actually be mad. There'll be no dudes on the album. No dudes. No dudes. No, no, no. They do, uh, I mean, in terms of features, probably no. But in terms of producers, I asked her who would produce. Okay. Um, and she came up with some great names. Well, I'll listen back really to the episode when it's out because I haven't heard that part. Yeah, this episode's all over the place. Let me leave you to it, man. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Nat. Sorry, Nat. It's okay. Listen, it's Kathy. We love her. She's amazing. Um, a, a real a real gem uh, of a person. And like I said, we're, we're so glad that we can call her a friend of the show. But this is Kathy Iandoli, Breaking Atoms podcast. Check it out. It's another special episode of the Breaking Atoms podcast. And today we have someone who we have an immense respect for here at Breaking Atoms. Someone who curates arguably the best Instagram stories west of Westeros. And someone we can consider a friend of the podcast. It is the incomparable, often imitated, never duplicated, Kathy Iandoli. How are you doing? I'm good. Your intros are the best. <laughs> well this this is official um chris obviously um has 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 a has a prior engagement and he should join if, if he if he finishes in time but this is the first official meeting of the kathy uh kathy Iandoli appreciation society club that's the word that's too much of a mouthful but you know what i mean this is the appreciation society for you because we, we, I mean, you know how much we, we love you, but we've also come to understand that the people who listen to the podcast who are also fans of yours. So we actually genuinely think this should be something that we should start. Oh, I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah, people, you know, people listen for you, not for us, right? You know that, right? I don't believe that. I find that very hard to believe. No, nah, you're, you're, you're lies, lies, lies. But um, thank you for joining us. No, thanks for this having me. This is going to be silly, fun. I'm trying not to be too serious because I have to apologize publicly now, even though this is audio, but you, you know, people can't see me, but this is uh, apologies because we should have done this earlier. And I had this elaborate plan, this master plan of going, Oh, Kathy, let's do something cool with Kathy. Cause she's a returning guest and I'll get Sean Kantrowitz and then, Oh, let's get Dart Adams. And we had this idea of doing hot takes. 
yeah and reading hot takes to you guys and then you guys destroying it and having fun and and then yeah that never happened so i apologize so it's all good we'll get the band back together at some point we, it, it would be it would be good i mean sean is out here just producing for mers you out here like with dua lipa just like besties you know listen it's it's a thing it's, it's a it's a it's a hard job but you know someone has to do it no okay so speaking of a hard job you know how much i've been trying to get you to rap forever now ever since the, the two weeks i've known you for i've been trying to get you to rap right, right? right. so the first question is now it doesn't have to be a full album it doesn't have to be a 12 track 14 track album okay but if kathy iron dolly released an album mm-hmm. who would produce the tracks it could be ep if you want to who would you want to produce the tracks that make up your album okay so it, there would be multiple producers like yes yes it's not yes, like yes. an albert einstein like prodigy and ha- um alchemist uh no 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 it had to it has to be it can be so, multiple. dj shadow okay um mad lib okay uh otis 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 and that otis yeah um Vander Slice. Um, wow. uh, let's see. Clams Casino. Okay. Um, Just Blaze. Premiere. Pete Rock. Um, and then I would want to pull Lauren Hill from her production retirement to bless me with a beat. Wow. So most people want a verse from Lauren. You want the production from Lauren. I would take whatever I could get. If Lauren would sneeze on the track, you know, sneeze on the beat and the beat got sicker. Like, yes. Yeah. Um, No, but I would like one of those. But um, the question was producer. So I would really like Lauren to come in with her beats. I like that. So track seven Mm -hmm. is Lauren Hill production kathy and halsey on the oh track. god now you want me to cry imagine halsey on the hook lauren hill produced the track i'm retiring <laughs> i would have no, that's it that's the only that's the only song that's 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 it i'm done i i have to apologize because i haven't really listened to much halsey in my life you are the only person that i kind of you're the portal in which i go through that realm i should actually go and listen to some of her music and in, in depth i don't i'll I'm, send you I'm a playlist i'll send you a playlist okay okay that'd be good because i don't it's not that i'm not into it i just don't do it but every i i associate halsey with you wow that's it not you know not nothing about any production wearing a halsey t-shirt well there you see there you go there you see there you go see there you go um i don't know if we've ever talked about this ever in the history of of existence of life um you've worked many jobs in the music industry you've talked about that right but one we didn't really talk about was working street team for The Roots. And I found that quite interesting. Yeah. It'd be good to kind of double back uh, on that very briefly. And that will lead into the next question. Mm-hmm. But working street team for them, what did you learn? What did you do? What album was it for? Because I, I think it's important for people to understand the history that you have very deep in this game. So it was a three-way combination of what I actually did with them because they were in the process of kind of promoting the um, okplayer.com. This is before it became like a news hub and an interview hub. It was more just like, kind of like building a community, right? So it was promoting the site as a whole. Um, 
the album that we promoted, well, the main one was Things Fall Apart. Um, then it was the Hurricane soundtrack. Okay. Um, and then the Jazzy Fat Nasties album, their debut album. And then it was um, organizing uh, Black Lily, the um, artist showcase at, uh, open mic that they would hold every Sunday night at the Wetlands, RIP. And then later it went to Joe's Pub. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. So that, I guess that leads me into backup plans. So creatives, freelancers, we're always, we're always looking for contingencies mm -hmm because we just don't know something's going to dry up. And and I know, and again, I don't think we've talked about this before. Right. Um, your paralegal career. Yeah. Um, and, you know, working at, it was the uncles? Yeah. Well, uh, and then you'd work at, and then work in music. Um, at what point did the kind of backup plan stop for you? Like, you're, okay, I, I'm good now. Because for me right now, I've, I've transitioned from, you know, I was in, I did music stuff, you know, back in the day. Right. right. Blog era, et cetera. Uh, for some of that, I was working. For some of that, I was, you know, the the blog was funding my life. Right. Then I went into kind of full digital marketing, uh, nine to five. This was hobby, music, anything. Well, I'd actually kind of retired from doing anything music related for a while. Right. I did like a hove, which was terrible because I'm back again. Um, but um, but I'm also at this point where I left a, a head of digital job to be an audio producer mm -hmm. and being freelance and you know, I'm playlist curator. I'm all these different hats again, right? right. So at what point did the, the backup plan for you stop? Uh, and what did you learn from those times where you were juggling so many different things? Um, well, I, I think that what I kind of had to do over the years was be a little evolutionary as it pertained to what was going on in the music industry versus my own passions versus what my, my, my skill set like was, Sorry, I have my like retainers and my misalign. That's why I sound a little slurry. Um, uh, what my different passions, like where where things had to go. So in college, I actually had like probably four jobs. I was working, I was street teaming for the roots. I worked in my uncle's law firm. I worked at a record store and I worked on campus in human resources. So it was a lot of moving around, right? When I graduated, I was working still as a paralegal um, and I was still working at the record store for a little bit until they actually, they let me go, but in a very loving way, the owner, Dennis, he was like, you've got to like now pursue music. Like you can't, like, you're not going to be like high fidelity. Like, like you have to go like, you know, and he was like, I'm letting you go. Like he like, and I, and it was like one of those things where he kind of was like, bye. Right. So I got a marketing job. It was pretty awful, but um, that's a story for another day. But it was during then that I started to really aggressively write. And then I'd reached a point um, around 2004 where I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I um, started grad school music business NYU, where I'm a professor in the exact program I graduated from. So um, I was teaching writing and English to um, non-speaking English, uh, non-speaking, not English speaking factory workers. So I did that. And I worked at Fat Beats. And um, I was still writing uh, and I did that for a while. And then I um, took on like side work, some paralegal side work for my uncle to kind of supplement my income um, when the writing wasn't like the like most spectacular. Then I started working at a record label and I was still writing. Um, and then I went 
and I was working at a, a manage, an artist management company and still writing. So I can say that like, you know, I think there's people who identify having a, a career in the music industry as like having one definitive road and like having, and having it stay that way. I have never, ever been that person. Um, what has happened in the last, I'll say 16 years, all of the jobs still were in the music industry. So I have been a, solely working in the music industry for 16 years. To say that writing has only been my profession is not true because I am a media trainer. I do documentaries. Um, I do podcasting. I write books. I write articles, right? I do content creation, branding, consulting. So these were things that were always running um, adjacent to like they were you either parallel, you know, or whatever to what it is that I was doing. So it was never... I always felt nothing that I did though, I would consider after working at a record label and then like eventually leaving an artist management company, nothing that I've ever done has been kind of like um, conflicting since then. But that was actually out of necessity because I needed internship credits for my master's program. And then I just ended up getting a job um, in, in the, the labels because I had to at that point, right? Um, but after that, nothing ever intersected in a way that would like raise any eyebrows. Um, although nowadays, you know, especially when it it's different now, now it's just like, it's, it's like the wild, wild west. The yeah. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. Um, but I, for the most part, like I, even now I, I still, I, um, I do 10 different things in this industry. I think that, um, at any given moment, one thing will be happening more actively and then the other thing is like, you know, like I'm in, I'm, I'm writing a new book now. So while I'm in the book writing process, there's not much promotion of a book, although like baby girl's going to paperback in August. So the promotions will come back up for that, but just in time for the little Kim book to come out. So those things will all be kind of running at the same time. But, um, it just so happens that the there's, they're never always happening simultaneously. I think now being a music business, uh, professor, kind of um well it'll it's kind of the through line but i in my mind and i i stand by this i don't think it's actually really smart to only have one particular path in this industry because you run out of things to talk about you run out of um understanding um you know, if you, when you, and, and I speak on this more like about New York city and I'm, and I, I'm sure in like other parts of the world, it may be similar, but before the pandemic, the New York city, like writer scene, right. Was very much this kind of quote unquote industry vacuum, right. Where you would go and it was like, who got invited to this party? Who got invited to this event? Who got access to this? Who's, who's posing with this person? And when you leave that, what's your knowledge bank? Like, what is, what, what, what are you, what is actually being contributed to the cause outside of that invitation that you received? And it was something that I'd always, I had been backing away from um, in years prior to the pandemic, only because I had been, you know, caring for my mother who was sick. I was writing a book. I was kind of like already taking a step back and I was approaching 40 at that point. And I was just not, it wasn't speaking to me the way it was um, maybe in, in a few years prior to that. 
but after the, when the pandemic kicked in and people are like now inching their way back into that society, that, that meet you at Soho house, um, kind of situation, you kind of ask yourself, you're like, um, what are you doing for the greater good in this industry? If all it is, is free food and booze and, um, selfies. So I, I like the versatility. I like, I like being able to educate artists on how not to get caught in the same media traps that I was trained to use, but never use them. Right. I like protecting, I like protecting artists. Right. Um, but I also do like still like telling stories. That's why I was never a news writer. I don't, I don't like breaking clickbait for like, that's, these are human beings. So I think like that idea of, um, one, and I'll say this too, and I'm a crazy Pisces, double Pisces, so I don't know if I could ever have just that one thing. Committing to that one identity in the industry often gives people identity crises. So I would rather not have an identity in the industry if someone says, what do you do? And it's like, I live, I, 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 I help people, I, I make messages, I deliver messages. I don't, like, I stopped, I stopped saying I'm a writer. So when people would say, what do you do? And I say, which day of the week? That's usually my answer. Right, right, yeah. right, right. That's interesting. And hearing, I didn't know you worked in HR. Um, and now hearing all the things that, in terms of the jobs that you've had, music, inside music, outside of music, mm -hmm. and knowing what you do now, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it makes a lot of sense. But then it's also, it's also, it's also a testament to who you are as a person because your drive and what motivates you is to help people is to to further the cause or provide, I guess, um, some extra tradition to the course that carries on. I always used to think about, because when I when I did back things back in the day, obviously not now, because I, I guess I've become, I don't know, more introverted or less, I care less about the party stuff. And I used to always think it was an age thing, like people at a certain age like to go, and that probably remains to be true. But I've also seen people who are my age and older who still act like they're 20 at these parties and in front of acts and et cetera. And it, it does annoy me because I used to, you know, we're all growing up, we're all learning every day, but I used to always attribute that solely to an age thing. It really is a personality thing or, or what someone feels that they can contribute to the culture. And a lot of the time it's under the guise of, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's hip hop. I'm, I'm trying to further things, but really it's further their own cause. And then there's the thing about, you said about the value people hold an intrinsic value to a certain identity, whether it's on the social platforms or even as a writer. So yeah, very interesting. I, yeah, I, I'm yeah. Board of music game industry thing. Well, I mean, you got to remember for so many years, we were told that hip hop was a quote unquote young man's game. So eventually, so from jump as a woman, you're already made to feel like you don't belong in it. Um, and then if you reach a certain threshold for age, um, as a man, you not feel like you belong in it. And, um, you know, I think Jay-Z is one particular example of someone who kind of defies those odds and kind of rewrites those notes um, and, and how we kind of like absorb that information. But I think that um, for people who are beholden to that um, tagline when it comes to hip hop, I think there's like a desperation to try to stay as relevant as possible. And and I don't, I don't necessarily blame those people for how they move. I just think that um, if it doesn't speak to you, it doesn't speak to you. And I don't think that, um, I think when you get to a certain point um, when it is that you figure out what you want to do and how you want to do it, I think that you just kind of like, for you, you know, out all the other bullshit. And it's just like, you you just get to the, the heart of what it is that you want to do. And I think that like, um, 
you know, for me personally, um, I was never, I, I think that the human was always more important than the story to me, which is why I think I made a really shitty reporter. Um, and even at times I could say a really shitty journalist because if the goal was to gotcha, you know, as like gotcha journalism as Sarah Palin would say, but like if, if that, if that's, if that was the end result, then I, I failed as a journalist, right? Like I don't, I didn't, those aren't things that I ever wanted to do. Um, because I always had friends who are artists, you know, I came in under the roots. So I, if I was talking to uh, another artist, I was thinking of a mirror, right? So when I'm talking to an artist, I'm like, how would, how would I want Questlove to be treated in his interviews? And then my other friends in the industry, if I'm interviewing another female uh, rapper, uh, how would I want Rhapsody to be treated? You know, um, you think about the people in this industry, the musicians that you hold near and dear to your heart that like you, you love very dearly and you don't wanna create a narrative like, like, you know, another artist is someone else's Rhapsody or someone else's there. So you don't, I don't, um, I never wanted to put myself in that position of kind of making an artist feel like it wasn't a safe space to tell a story. That's, that's the point of talking to the media. You're supposed to be able to tell your story. It's not to come in and, you know, who um, accidentally reveal who you're beefing with or who whatever it's it's for people to and this is something that I, I tell my my students it's the whole point of an interview is to provide the human element outside outside of the music like that's the point like this is the person speaking as opposed to you listening to their song and if you don't give the like artists an opportunity to do that now listen, some artists don't want to do that, right? And they fall victim to their own Twitter fingers. That, that's your choice. But for people who genuinely just want to sit and be like, hey, this is why I wrote this song. This is why this song is near and dear to my heart. You got to give people that platform to be able to talk on those things. Um, and it's, it's a problem with the readership when People are more drawn to, you know, Instagram accounts that churn out rumors and they don't want to hear the story, you know, that, yeah. I don't know. They want to pick up that, they want to pick up the headline. Um, <laughs> I mean, we won't go, we won't go into it because I, I mean, I don't really want to, but it's even with the whole thing of um, Kanye at the moment and Skeet, as he calls him and all, all that nonsense. It's the same thing, like people just feeding into that, to that bullshit which is then part of the culture yeah. of, of hip hop. And, and it just, it just tarnishes it with, with a, with a bad brush when it, it, it doesn't need to be. But um, you've mentioned a couple of times and a question I wanted to ask was about how's the, the professor in residence going at the moment, NYU, that must be crazy to, to graduate from the class. Now you teach in that's brilliant. How, how, how often is it at the moment? Is it every semester? How's it going? Well, I was a professor in residence for seven years, 14 semesters, and now I'm a professor. So I'm Oh, a you're a professor, yeah. professor. Oh, wow. So this was my, this is my first semester as a professor. Um, I mean, a professor in residence and a professor are the same thing, but it's just more work. I mean, I was a professor at another university um, prior to this, but this is, you know, my alma mater. Um, but I was in residence at NYU for, yeah, 14 uh, semesters. And it, it's great. It, you know, I, 
the one thing I love about NYU is they, as much as it's like textbooks and that kind of knowledge that doesn't evolve really, like there are certain things that remain. Um, they do pick for experience based. Like they do want you to come in with a level of experience, like real life experience, so that when you're talking to the students, like you're up to date on what's going on in this in this industry because for so long we you know, you go to a university and professors are there for 10, 20, 30 years, they're tenured and they haven't, um, they haven't gone outside of the bubble after that, you know, so their knowledge of what's happening in the now is sometimes very limited. And NYU is very selective of how the professors, at least in that program, kind of move, you know, and, and still have to have a degree of understanding of what's going on because, if they don't, then what are you teaching students? Because if the average program for full time is two years, think about where we were two years ago, pre-pandemic. You know, um, I as much as I think his social media behaviors leave much to be desired, but there's going to be a bigger conversation about Kanye's STEM player um, and what that'll mean for kind of like the structure and the business model for uh, DSPs and and anyone who's trying to consume music. Um, so yeah, it, it is a matter of keeping keeping up with how like the ever changing landscape in the industry, and I and I appreciate that. So, and my students are really eager. Like they really they're they're grad students, so they've kind of they've already had maybe first and second life perhaps in the music industry in some capacity. So they're coming in. They want to be there. They they want to be there and they want to learn and. Um, and I appreciate that. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. That's, it's good to see people like yourself elevate into, into spaces like that. And, and, and it's important for us to, cause we're still growing. The culture is still growing. Mm -hmm. People within the culture is still growing. So it's good right. to see us uh, kind of into the kind of lofty positions. Have you ever had a Tumblr page just randomly? <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, what was it? What was it? Cause I was going to ask you like, you know, there's, old school like web platforms mm -hmm. back because you know you come from you come from the old web right so you know where we had message boards i was just wondering what would what what would the title of your tumblr angel fire i had like, i had one called love to hate you and it was called what hip-hop loves to hate okay it was actually a, um a wordpress but it was called what hip-hop loves to hate so i had um the first entry was drake well, I mean, he's the last entry, I guess. Um, uh, then the pause, uh, pause. Okay. Oh, pause as in like, you know, oh, the camera on pause. Yeah. Um, Pifia yeah. Scarves. Okay. Um, <laughs> Twitter. Barack Obama. Okay. Um, oh, I did a dedication to Aliyah on there. It was like, no, no hate there, right? Um, American flag because I put up the um, the Alcast cover for Sanconia. Um, uh, the king of anything. Okay. MySpace movies about dancing. What's your favorite movie that includes dancing? Is it? It's not Dirty Dancing. Is it, oh oh oh? What's the Jessica Alba one? Honey, yeah. honey, um, that's my favorite. I mean, I'm a dinosaur, so Breaking One and Two. Um, break it. Oh, you know, Break. Is it, which one's the one where is it? Who was it? Turbo is breakdancing on the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Is that two? I think it was two. Is it two? Yeah, one of those ones. Chris is here. Very calm. Um, that one is one of my kind of like 
vivid childhood memories mm-hmm. um, when it comes to kind of breakdancing. Because I used to love that. I we I always have this con- quick sidebar. Mm-hmm. I always have this conversation uh, when we get asked, you know, what's your earliest hip hop memory? Mm-hmm. And I always say um, Dog Pound, um, which I have the vinyl. I'm going to, let me just do that. I'm, I have the I have the dog food vinyl. Bottom I love anyway. that. Um, it turns out that's not my earliest hip hop memory. It's actually Turbo on the ceiling breakdancing. Oh, that's wow. my earliest hip hop memory. Okay. So I've got to check. Anytime I have a, a conversation about what's your, what was the first hip hop? No, my first hip hop thing was breaking. That's what it was. And I need to, I need, and it's breaking too. So anyway, um, Chris is Hi, here. Hi, Chris. Uh, you know what, Kathy? I had to, I had to come. I had to be here. So, um, but no, we were just discussing. I was asking Kathy if, um, she had like a Tumblr or Angel Fire, like a MySpace, what she would call it. And she's going through, um, she had a WordPress. I had a WordPress. Our WordPress was excellent. Still is in some cases. Um, but she was going, it was a, uh, what hip hop loves to hate and going through and uh, dancing movies. The first entry was the year 1989. The prefix Lil, Indian music samples. That was big. That was big. Um, I, uh, and then I correct everyone that Oprah Haza was, um, uh, it was a Hebrew sample, not Bollywood. So um, I just, you know, I'm just changing lives. Uh, George W. Bush, multiple nicknames for marijuana, stickers, grills. Like it's a whole, it was a whole. It's a whole thing. Okay. All right. So, so Kathy, let's, let's talk about this for a, for a second, because we, we are wrapping up soon. Um, I was thinking about this. I wanted to make some of this interview fun. In your opinion, um, best ad libs in rap are we talking are we talking puff sean meg chains we the best um i think um i think that i wouldn't designate it to an artist rather what the ad lib is okay so okay my favorite ad lib of all time is ugh, right that's a good one okay push up push up push up push and then obviously jada kiss <laughs> okay those gr- grunt i and i'm actually a big fan of rick ross's oh. like, uh, but actually i'll strike all that my actual is little kim oh 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 that's that's probably my favorite is little kim's like grunts at the beginning of, of her verse and um all about uh, the Benjamins and Queen Bitch and then like those. Um, and then uh, even when she's on, I can love you, marriage obliged. So I will, and even when she does it on um, uh, Quiet Storm Remix, the, uh, hers are probably my, 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 my top, my fave, fave. Um, and then I would say, and then Jada Kiss and Ross. I'm, I'm, I'm big on sounds. I'm not like, I think like, I, I think, um, I think when in in Puffy's exam in Puffy's case, it was more just like it's like maybe like making your presence a little too felt, you know. Yeah. Um, he got a bit of hype on victory. He got a bit of hype on victory. Yeah, but also just the ad libs of Biggie on victory are what make the song. Oh, one two. Like if you don't have like that, like I think like yeah, I don't know. I. I like that. I like, and also the the Kim grunt is the evolution of yo 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 yo. 
because that's what a lot of rappers would do, right? Yo, yo, before they go on the verse, where she flipped it and went, I'm going to do my own thing. And that's her, that's her kind of preamble before she, she hits her bars, which I, I kind of particularly like. Yeah. So I think you're going to be, just something's going to be really upset when I say this. Um, Jay-Z short-lived ad-lib, you know, when he did the, um, ah, oh. do you remember when he was doing I that? I hate that yeah, we're not, we're with not doing an that. absolute yeah, passion. we're not doing that. That was actually, um, ad-lib, Jay-Z's ad, Jay-Z's use of ad-libs were actually taught to him by D-Dot, Mad Rapper. Um, so when they did, uh, you know, cough up a lung, where I'm from, um, it was D-Dot who had said to Jay, now you went through the song, I have to go back in and, uh, ad lib it and he was like wait what and that's where he started to get the oh, oh and all those like things right that was um that was uh it's from a d dot school of thought it's from his uh his kind of production ethos that 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 came from shame i don't want to say shamefully shamelessly my one of my favorites too is oj the juice man like hey OG- <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm 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 cool like i i think that's cool like i you know i'm i'm cool with that but you know Jeezy, I like Jeezy's. I was yeah. gonna say Jeezy. Jeezy's really. Yeah. Cool. Oh, by the way, I I didn't. Uh, can I use the really wanky thing where it says I was today's year today year old when I found this out? Can I say that? Am I allowed to say I that? I think so. Not? Maybe. Okay. So no, you're not allowed. Don't. Okay. I'm do oh, sorry. I didn't realize that Jeezy was in this Sierra Goodies video, and I only found I out didn't. now. I yeah. When 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 and and if I've mistaken identity, then I feel like an absolute prat. But. At the beginning of Sierra's goodies video, mm-hmm. Jazzy Faye is speaking to Sierra. In the passenger side, in the passenger seat, is a young, young Jeezy. Wow. And I did not know that until I was like, Interesting. oh, it's Jeezy. Can I ask you a question, bro? What were you doing that you went and found this out? Okay. So I was watching the 50th fierce women of music on a music channel on Sky TV. Okay, so you're supporting the women. I respect that. I mean, I always do. I, ne- I, ne- I don't need anything I never, else. I've never, I'd never, never not done that, but I was in the house and I was like, okay, we need some music. It was the weekend and I want to get the the youngin, the ute, the ute them. I want I want <laughs> the ute um, to start dancing and, and, and get pick up new songs, right? Okay. Um, so we had that and then goodies came on and that's what it was. It, w- it was that. And I didn't realise. And then we started the conversation about Sierra and like when she first came out and just the the conversations around her that were being made about her her appearance all those nasty things that got told that said about her at the beginning of her career when she was just making good music right um mm. and she was a that? teenager she was a teenager and when they were doing she that. was super right right and just like that that burden on someone's shoulders so young yeah. that you wouldn't put on a on a on a on a guy right um, you know, Shaheem didn't get that right. Shaheem didn't get that. Only one like that young in the game, like not like that. So it, you know, anyway, not just. I want to add something about ad libs before mm. we hand back to Kathy. I always, it's not an ad lib per se. I always love when Method Man did that in between his oh, verses. Yeah. What yeah. the blood clap? We smoke pot. I always thought, I don't know what you're doing, but it sounds really, okay. really cool. He was smoking, probably. I mean, in a sense. Yeah, he was smoking. But but, he? That, but the thing is, I, I see what you mean because he probably wasn't doing it while he was doing his verse. Yeah. But it yes. fits with the brand to kind it of go. It fits with the brand. It's, 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 an, it's the smoke from the lyrical blunt makes me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that amazing. So all right, amazing. so we talked about your produce, uh, your album produced by. Now let's. I'm off the top of the dome, right? Mm-hmm. Producer tags, best producer tags. Is it just Blaze? 
just plays no no my my favorite um no hands down hands down i forgot to add him to my album i'm so sorry bonus 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 deluxe bonus deluxe, deluxe track deluxe. has to be with the homie one of my dear homies dre from cool and dre so um the best uh tag this is that the, like that this is, this is. <laughs> that is a good one it's true 100 percent. that's no hands down that's my favorite hands down no, no, no I, I agree with that. I think Just Blaze becomes more recognizable, but I think you're right. The, the Cool and Dre one is, yeah. is probably argue, arguably the best. Mm. I think. Yeah, there we go. I, I don't have uh, much else. I think we, we covered a, a wide range of things. Um, we appreciate you. We Like I said in the intro, um, your Instagram stories is the best. West of Westeros, I would say, because that was alliteration. <laughs> I try to be cool in it. I try to be cool with it. Like... Um, I do genuinely would encourage anyone that is on Instagram to follow you on Instagram just for your stories. Ooh. You're hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, and and if you and I know you do hurdle. I was just wondering, have you done hurdle today? Um, I think so. Wait, let me make sure I did it. Hurdle is the audio version of Wordle. Oh yeah, I mean, I did it this time. I, I won. I, I did I took me it took me three goes to get it. Oh um, no! I, took, it I I kind of recognized it, but I didn't know what the song was. I knew it was Lizzo, but I didn't know what song it was, and so I had to go. <laughs> I thought that um they did like when they did uh, Rihanna Rude Boy, and it was like like how do you not? Mm, <laughs> that you put that as the first like I you should have you should have and and they even had the eh, and I'm like you you like whoever didn't get it i'd be like oh uh, then you must not listen to rihanna at all that was that was one that should not have been on there because allowed too easy yeah yeah no no definitely but no we appreciate you we love you as always uh go live your life can i just say something before you go kathy the last time we spoke um when i spoke to you about the prodigy piece i was i was at a point in my life where i was going through some bits and you gave me some really good advice you may not remember but you gave me some really good life advice in terms of, you know, what was going on at work, how to deal with it, how to look forward. Just wanted to say thank you because I'm in a much better space. And I remember that conversation clearly. You may not remember it, but you definitely helped me out that day. So I wanted to say just thanks. Really glad to hear that. This is, uh, we talked about, um, you know, this, this industry can swallow you whole. Yeah, I, I appreciate for that. And I just wanted to say thank you publicly. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad, you know, we especially over the last two years, people have gotten, you know, we're, we're all in, in, I think like where the next couple of years, I don't know where the next couple of years are going to take this music industry because um, before you came on, we were talking about how like the idea of like the social aspect, um, the measuring stick for self-worth in, in this industry by how, how, you know, much you socialize or show up or are invited to the party and like what um i think the last two years taught us is how to navigate when there is no party Hmm. like how do you how do you where what is your identity if it's not an open bar wow okay mic drop yeah or you're not you know trying to you know chummy chummy with the the friends that you have in quotation marks who are not your friends yeah, I mean, a lot of those people don't check in for your mental health uh, in the midst of a pandemic. That's, you know, you, you come to understand that when when there is no party, how many people genuinely care, right? And genuinely want to look out and, and show up and be like, are you good? You know, I think that that's, 
that was something that, um, you know, we kind of didn't, I don't think anyone kind of fathomed, especially, um, I, I put up a post um, uh, where something about the, the pandemic, it was, it was a couple, it was like a couple months ago, um, something about like, I wonder where all the people who said, let's build are now where they can't, they don't have time to build or they couldn't build. Like, like that. It was like some, cause I was I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you're all, you're in my thoughts. Like it was like one of those things. Prayers and thoughts, thoughts and prayers. Yeah. That that irritates me. That irritates me. But yeah, it was like it was one of those things where I was like, they were like, I'm like, where do you go? And like when I wonder where all those people are that uh were building or you know, like Yeah, good question. Or, you know, if you can't point to somebody in a photo, you know. I, I have very randomly one last question. Yeah. It's for all three of us, and I'm happy to participate to make myself oh, look good. even more stupider than I already am. I'm happy to do that. What is your guilty pleasure song? I've got one. I've got a couple. I'll wait for Kathy though. My guilty pleasure song. Yeah, oh. like, 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 if I, if what I'm about to say, I'll say a couple of things, right? You look at my little song. TV show wise, Gilmore Girls is the shit. Oh, yeah. Right? That's one thing, right? But I can lose my credibility over that. I feel so invincible with my hip-hop credibility that even if i tell you the my guilty pleasure song there are multiple mm -hmm. i still think i i will still be hip-hop at some point in my life so i'm happy to do it and I, i'm i'm willing to put my reputation online because it's you kathy okay because this will live forever right until the servers are down but until then it's forever um you know but I, are you talking about hip-hop guilty pleasure no man no 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 oh no, across no. Okay. Across, this is cross I've, genre. I've got a couple. I've got a couple. Um, Cheryl Cole, "Fight for This Love," is an incredible. Oh, no, right. Enough. Is Enough. an incredible Wait. piece of Hold music on. composition. Nah, bruv. Nah, we're not doing this. Okay, first of all, we're not doing this. Mine is "Girls Aloud." Call the shots. Okay. Now you two deserve sugar babes, one. right? <laughs> <laughs> You lot are wilding. Here's me thinking I got guilty pleasures. My songs are actually decent. Taylor Swift. What song was it? I have to ask my wife again. We were singing it in the kitchen. Not. It's not. Oh. We're not getting back together. We're not that one. It's the other one. Um, oh, trouble. The trouble one. You were trouble when you walked in. Oh my god. Big what tune. Big tune. Big tune. Bad blood too. Okay. Okay. I okay. often wish I was cast in that video as like. Like the fact it was a uh, Gigi Hadid got to be her name was like Slazy in it. Wow. Okay. Okay. And I mean Ariana Grande's first album was fire, hot fire. I've heard oh, many other. And that, albums, but. That's not guilt. My my fandom for um, Ariana, my fandom for Halsey. I I like I they're they're like my, my, you're open with it. Yeah. When you say guilty pleasures, like I'm I'm thinking like I still listen to Skilo. Like I wish. Oh yeah, I do too. That tune was hard. Yeah, yeah tune. I got I got loads of those. I used to play. I used to make playlists at a place of work. Um, seven hours from literally from nine to five. There on my tight on my title there are playlists of just songs going through different eras and some of them are guilty pleasures. But Cheryl Cole, man, big up. I like Cheryl Crow. What's that big song she had? Um, Cheryl Crow. Um, oh, all I wanna you do is have, is some. have some. Yeah, yeah, some big, big, big tune. tune, big tune. Where's my air horn? I need, air horn. Is, um, I need an air horn. Um, another one is uh, looking over my shoulder, Mike and the Mechanics. I'm not supposed uh, to like this song, but Kelly Clarkson. Since you've been, you know what I mean. <laughs> since you've been, come on. Supposed to you? You can like whatever song you want. 
You can like whatever you want, bro. I'm not allowed. Apparently, I'm hip hop. I'm not allowed to. I'm only allowed to no. like M of Doom. I'm only allowed to like Alchemist. Um, I'm not allowed to like. <laughs> this is loaded. I, uh, this is loaded. Yeah, I have a guilty pleasure of going through TikTok, and I, I've kind of like now I've I've become this kind of um very very late Paramore fan because of how many people um are sampling like little Paramore clips for TikTok. So. I kind of, I think that like that that's become, and that's not a guilty pleasure so much as, you know, I think, I think Paramore's a great band, you know, like I think TikTok as a whole is my guilty pleasure. Like I literally like approach TikTok, like I'm, I'm of the age group to be on there and I'm totally not like I, you know, um, but I, I, I do think that I don't know the whole idea of a guilty pleasure. I don't know. I think that we have, there these things should be allowed. Yeah, like, we. But it's. I, I make the point about the constructs that we put ourselves within hip hop. Not to. Not we're not allowed to like some of these things as if like you know we 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 are Satan for liking that kind of music, right? It's like I'm going a bit extreme, but like it's like the antithesis of everything that hip hop is is about. And it's like, dude, right. I like music, man. I like music, bro. Like just chill out it. it's really interesting though like if you look at it in the hip-hop context when you listen to hip-hop you're listening to all different types of music at the same time because you're sampling from so many different sources so when people say i only listen to hip-hop i'm like no you don't you listen to classical facts, you listen to soul facts, you listen facts, to funk you idiot facts, facts. anyway like, but like, and before we let you go uh, kathy but like you know your new best friend dua lipa um you know your bestie my bestie i really this is really strange because in 2019 i was in kiev ukraine to watch liverpool play champions league final and Dua Lipa and Shauna Paul, Shauna Paul, was the halftime show. And I was loving it. I was absolutely, yo, I love Dua Lipa. She's, she's yeah, she's got she's, some, oh she's got gosh. some I, she's bangers. So bangers. good. It was so good. Bangers. Um, I like, I don't even know how I was like selected for that newsletter and it's been doing like really well. So I'm, uh, yeah, congrats. I'm like forever. Thank you. I'm, I, I mean, Service 95, what she's doing. I think like she, I just love like, well-rounded artists i think that um for so long especially female pop stars right have um been placed in this like you know little uh box where you're supposed to be um that's all you do right and i think that it's it's amazing getting to see her do, do these things and have her podcast and even you know my girl halsey have her like makeup line and doing her film stuff and i think like just allowing for women in pop music to have a degree of versatility because I feel like for so long they weren't allowed to like pop star was your job right um and when you didn't do that you were going into your like crunchy phase like your you like your hippy dippy uh you know bohemian phase if you did anything outside of that right um so yeah I, I love that about her you know and um I had no idea Service 95 was her platform. I knew Service 95 existed and obviously I know Dua Lipa exists, but I didn't know that, uh, you know, that that mm. was hers. And when I found that out, I was like, oh my goodness. And yeah. But you know, you deserve to be on that. You, you know, that's, those are the platforms that you, you've worked hard to be on. Um, you know, you deserve everything you get that that's coming to you in the, in, in the most positive sense because you've done so much. You help so many people. A lot of people don't know some of the things that you do behind the scenes, but you're very open. Um, like Chris said earlier, the advice you give, you know, there's not many people like you in in the industry, but also a lot of friendship groups. And I think, you know, people that 
are your friends are very lucky to call you their friend because we know where your heart is and that's the most important thing um you know the way you approach the you know the way you approach the culture is very is very it's 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 the same way you would approach your friends because it's the same thing so we know where your heart is and we appreciate you Ditto. thank you so much appreciate you guys peace once again to kathy i love the ad lib talk the ad lib talk was fire the yeah, ad-lib talk yeah. Was fire. those are the kind of conversations that really get me to think it's like oh that's a good question because i think yeah. ad libs are so like it's your sound logo isn't it it's like it is it is baby it is. baby i mean come on synonymous i mean like biggie uk yeah like uk i always think of gigs right when i think of um when i think of ad libs yeah it's 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 synonymous it is a sound tag and and you always and I love I, I love a good ad lib man yeah. I love a good ad lib I always like to I like to insert ad libs in my daily conversations at work in particular just to throw people off so I love doing you, that I don't know a, why you'll be in a a, a a meeting or a conference call and you'll just do the jeezy ad lib in the middle of the meeting yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. you're mad no, that, you're mad I'm I'm crazy listen I did some crazy things in the in the workplace to keep things interesting um I did some crazy things like that's Asian privilege. It's not Asian. Pri- it's, summit Asian privilege, privilege, it's summit privilege. It's summit privilege. Nah, it's summit privilege. Nah, what you got to do, right? The trick is, right? You've so got to mean you go. <laughs> I can't do that. I would be like, "Are you taking the piss, bro?" Right. I'm talking. I would, I would just walk around talking about Nunga Man Three Thousand. You know what? Yeah, I, I listened to that episode the other day, but bruv, that's probably <laughs> like top five funniest moments. Nunga Man, he's got to be a character. He has to have a skit. N- You've got Nunga to bring Man 3000. Yeah, 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 yeah. So for those who don't speak Hindi Punjabi, um, Nunga Man is, Nunga means naked and man is naked man. Naked Man 3000, you know. And, Nuts. And, and people would come up to you and goes, How, how's Nunga Man 3000? Or just, you know, this is in the work. I, yeah, you like, got to be everyone, careful though. You might catch a case. Relax. It's fine. I'm good. Um, if anyone has ever seen The Office US with Steve Carell, it's a bit adjacent to that. I would just say things crazy and just, not get away with it, but it's just all in fun and just. I would never disrespect anyone or make anyone feel uncomfortable. It was just for me to keep things interesting in my head. Where if someone says something, if someone says something for like, oh, we've got seven days to do something, in my head, I'm going Craig David. And I say that out loud. Okay. It's, okay. It's things like that. It's like my reference, my reference points. Are yeah, I think it's that. because you're so engrossed in the music, it, it, it informs how you see the world. Because, like, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Yeah, you know, if, I know so, exactly if someone. What you mean. If someone goes, oh, I'm going downstairs, I'm going down, I'll be like, Jay Sean, Lil Wayne. That's And I say it out loud. So I'm that's funny though. Like you that. say, I'm going down. I thought Mary J. Blige, you thought Jay Sean. Yeah, yeah man. We're not, the same. we're not the same. We're not the same. My people's... Let me take that back. <laughs> we're not the same. We're not the same. No, but um, but Kathy, man. I, yeah, I she's, love Kathy. She's a legend. She's a legend. Is, every time I speak to Kathy, I come away inspired or smarter. Like, I feel like I'm soak up game from Kathy mm-hmm. that I can just go okay, like I've learned something now. Now I'm energized. And mm-hmm. not to say that, that she should do that for me, but it's just, I think just her inherent her her default in setting. energy. Yeah. Her default setting, her energy setting mm-hmm. is to provide so much joy and happiness for Word. others. And I, I respect that fully. Word. And I don't say that lightly. I mean that. I think I always look forward to speaking to Kathy. And sometimes when we do interviews with Kathy, I want to make them kind of spontaneous and off off the top because I feel that's the best. There can be some structure to it, but like I try to just go, hey, let's just just chat mm. because it's just it's more for me. It's just it's more fun that. And way. sometimes you know you don't need to do the whole interview thing. You know, there's there's a skill to that, but sometimes just honest, open conversation. You know, we call it reasoning in my community. Right. Sometimes just reason, build like the gods did. You know, it's important. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
before we before we wrap up, I have to I'm not to change up the mood, but I feel away. Um, uh-uh. You know, rest in peace, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, man. Yeah, bruv. I saw I I, I saw bruv. I saw a lot of people talking about the timeline, bruv. or timelines. Top yeah. five swaggiest wrestlers ever. Did you see this man? Go back and watch all his matches. His boots and his brief always matched the waistcoat. Right. Bro, he used to take I, off his gold chains. And yeah. you know what he said to the ref? If something happens to this, something will happen to you. Do you know how wow. gully that is? Big man, big man, big Bruv. man. I, I remember his, um, you know, the before a wrestler would um, enter into the WWE. His vignettes. WWE, his vignette before. Like, you know, the, the, you know, the cut to him. And yeah, his, when, and he'd go to the hood and thing. And, Bruv. I remember that. Bruv. I remember his first. I you see Scott first. Hall, yeah? Scott Hall's influence on hip hop culture. Bruv, Westside Gun calls himself him and Conway are Hall and Nash. Hall and Nash. He said, "Hey yo, that's Scott Hall." Yeah, yeah. Last Saturday, I was in the studio. You know what I said? I said, "Um, I spend my days at home so I can graze alone, and all of my lazy ways are shown. But when the sun comes to bathe the dome, I'll be patting in a shirt like Razor Ramon." I wrote that two years ago. Wow. And that's why it's always important. Heroes, legends, people who inspire you, put it in your art, whether you make music, whether you draw, because that way we help them to live forever. Rest in peace, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. Bruv, he was such a... (laughs) Bruv, I used to go to restaurants, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) I used to hold toothpicks and put them in my my mouth because I wanted to be Scott Hall. Chico, that was his first thing, right? What? Chico. You see, you see Scott Hall, yeah? By today's standards, he'd be called toxic toxic uh, masculinity. Nah, bruv. He is toxic. He's, nah, toxic he's man. not, bruv. He's pure, bruv. His, his masculinity was pure. Wow. Bruv. This man never won a world title. Wow. One okay. of the greatest IC champs ever. His influence, bro. When he went back to WCW with the double denim. Are you nuts? <laughs> are you nuts, bruv? We are, we, are, we are losing a lot of people. I told you. I told you. And this is the last thing I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. The day that Bret Hart decides to leave this earth. Oh, wow. Don't call me. Don't oh, text wow. me. Leave me alone. It's a holiday. It's a day of mourning. Wow. So from the energy I got and the uh, inspiration I got from Kathy, I'm now morbidly thinking about No, don't be. Death. Don't be. Don't be. Scott Hall's Listen. swag, yeah? He was so <laughs> swaggy. <laughs> Bruv! He was swaggy. Yeah, no, he no, he was. He he definitely he definitely was. He and he he would in today's times would be considered toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity, bro. He would. That's the toothpick in your face. Shut up. Once again, thanks to Kathy for her time. We appreciate you. This is the official meeting of the Kathy Appreciation Society, Kathy Fan Appreciation Society. Yes, we, we are the secretaries of that appreciation society. You can follow us on social at Break the Atoms, Twitter and Instagram. Chris's handle is at I'm Kinetic. Mine's is at Tipper Chronicle. We'll be back with another episode next week. Until then, peace. Peace. peace.